Brace for potential Air New Zealand price hikes. The national carrier's half-year profit plummeted 39% on the same period last year, but that's still an after-tax profit of $129 million. It's warning the second half of the year will be bumpy too. The airline says it's been hit by inflation, rising fuel prices and engine maintenance issues. And that's despite passenger revenue cracking $3 billion, a jump of 21%, largely due to long-haul flights. Well, joining me now in the studio is Air New Zealand boss Greg Foran. Um, top of mind for many people, are prices going up? Kia ora, Lisa. Um, yeah, I'll get to that. I, I think we had a, uh, a pretty exceptional year last year, so what we're seeing is a little bit more of a normalisation of, of where we sit. Um, Averages are misleading, so what we've done is had a look at the business and what we're seeing is that in terms of our domestic business, fares actually have been kept down pretty much for the last year. Uh, You can see that in the Department of Statistics. At the same time, we're dealing with some pretty significant inflation, so what we'll be doing is just sensibly going through and instead of absorbing as much of the inflation as we have, we'll need to pass some of that on. So that's a yes, prices are going up. For domestic, uh, we're pretty comfortable with how we're looking across the Tasman, Pacific Islands. And, of course, what we're seeing in long haul is a situation where out of North America we're actually seeing prices come down pretty significantly as we've got a lot of capacity in there. So uh, it's not a blanket statement. Um, It's not an approach that says everything's going up by X percent. It's just us sensibly realigning the business based on where we see pressure points. You've indicated, obviously, inflation is adding ongoing pressure for you. That's sitting at around 5%. What size price rises can people anticipate? Well, as I said, it, it, it's going to vary depending on how we you manage could give me an, that Give me an through. example. Um, well, we manage that basically through our pricing. It's one of the things we'll also look at is ancillary. So, you know, how much does it cost for someone to take their pet or what is it for an excess you know, an extra bag. So we'll just sensibly look at that. As I said, we've been, you know, very careful to keep pricing very reasonable uh, during this period because we've been incurred with, you know, covering some pretty significant inflation numbers. Now's the time to get a bit of that back. Okay, well, how much? I mean, saying that and indicating that will be spooking people who are listening. So are you talking about on particular routes domestically, across all routes? Give us some more details. Yeah, look, it depends really on on how the capacity plays out because what you don't want to do here is just apply a blanket approach. You know, if there's more demand in in a particular area, then you can often get a little bit more pricing out. If there's less demand, the last thing you want to be doing is flying empty planes. So it's it's a sense measured approach and you know what I try to be all the way through this is very transparent about how things are going as I said we're pretty happy with with our position at the half as we look ahead we can see a bit of pressure coming on to us in terms of coming out of corporate and government in terms of those sort of bookings as they tighten up so we need to start getting ourselves prepared around that yeah so how much do you need to get clawback through domestic airfares? Well, as I said, we, we look at that very surgically and it's, it's a situation of us saying, where do we think we can just eke a little bit more out? It's about fine-tuning the experience. My margins out of the moment of the domestic business are considerably less than what they were 
pre-COVID. Can you give us the numbers? Uh, it's not something that we disclose, Lisa, to the market. We don't break our, our profit down like that people, to that extent. How can people assess whether you're being fair and reasonable, as you say you are? Because uh, a lot of people already think you're very toppy on price. Yeah, um, look, the same way that they do at the moment, they generally compare us either to a competitor, if a competitor's flying that route, or the cost for travelling in a car. So, you know, we, we measure that. We have a look at what demand we're getting and how things are going. Um, so that's how they measure it. How soon can people expect to see um, prices go up? Uh, we're starting to manage some of that in domestic already in terms of some of those other items that I was talking about. What does that Over mean, the manage next... it? Does that mean you're already raising prices on domestic In, in some areas, yeah. Which ones? Um, wherever we can actually see that it makes sense to do so and we can manage that appropriately. So which ones are you currently seeing it makes sense and you have moved on already adjusting We've the prices? We've fly to 20 domestic ports, so it's it's a moving feast and, you're you know, airline pricing. You're not being transparent about this because what you're telling me now is you've already started raising prices because you need to get some more money back and you're already raising prices on some domestic routes, but you won't come clean about which ones. Uh, because it's very difficult to actually pin something down on airline pricing, Lisa. And, and you know, you look at a website and you, you look at a price. You know where your money's coming from. Uh, we measure each particular route each month, and it's something that we've just begun, and we'll continue to work our way through that. Right. From this day on, people can expect your airfares to go up domestically. Uh, they can. How do you think the market is going to react to that in terms of your customers? Uh, well, once again, Lisa, what they'll do is they'll make that particular comparison in terms of the value equation. You know, there's no point in us running a business domestically where we're not making the sort of returns that we need to to reinvest back but in the business. But if you're making profit overall, why sting your local people? Well, as I've shared with you previously, Lisa, you might say, gee, a profit of $200 million for the business, a big profit costs you $200 million to buy one wide-bodied plane. If you have a look at the return on invested capital, it's not a significant return. We're not in the business of running a charity, as I've said. We've got to get a return on investment. At the same time, we've got to look after our customers. So while we're talking about pricing, let's also not forget that during this period, not only have we been holding prices down domestically, but we've been improving the experience for customers, and that's something that we also measure and also share. Okay, well, I've heard you talking about the airport fees, right? And you have said that flying is about to become um, unaffordable. Isn't it already unaffordable? Uh, compared to what is is one of the questions that you need to ask yourself. You know, um, if you're trying to get down to Christchurch from here, are you better to drive down and catch a ferry and continue driving, or are you better to jump on a plane and go? So... You have to do the comparison. Um, you know, customers we're finding are enjoying our experience domestically, where our revenue is actually pretty strong. As I said, the issue is we've been incurring cost in this business, haven't passed it all on. Now we need to pass some of it on. That's just the reality. Okay. And people are experiencing that in all manner of uh, of their goods and services in New Zealand today. Indeed they are, but some people would argue, and whenever I talk to you, I get a flood of feedback, right? And one of the most discussed topics is the feeling that Air New Zealand is already overcharging people on domestic routes. And you are a higher-end airline compared to what else is available in the market. Um, and in terms of people's response, they're saying, and this is one thing, somebody has said, last five flights have all been delayed by more than an hour. 
everyone. So are you offering a top-end service? What are your cancellation and delay rates like at the moment? Actually, pretty impressive. So for last year, we were actually the fifth best airline in Asia-Pacific, the best airline in Australasia. So no one touched us in New Zealand or Australia. That's independent data. And during January and February, it's actually improved again. I'm very sorry that a customer had that experience. But generally, Lisa, the experience in terms of flights leaving on time, arriving on time, the experiences is actually very, very good. And that's something that we've invested in, and we speak about that in our release, that we've been prepared to invest and we continue to deliver a good customer experience. Uh, the other point that is raised in the material we released today, you say that your uh, the business is pulling multiple levers to um, mitigate the effects of inflation and these rising costs. What other things are you cutting? Well, one of the things that we've been doing is pushing back on Auckland Airport, for example, because we know... In your own business? Because that's going to be a challenge. Are you trimming any other fat in your own business? Are you got a hiring freeze doing any of those kinds of things? For sure, and we've had that in place for some time. So we're looking what, at all our costs. Fees? Yeah, we'll say very, very tight on headcount in terms of what we need, apart from in areas where it's clear that we need them, for example, aircraft engineers. So we're very prudent about how we're spending money, um, taking a very responsible long-term approach to this, and, you know, the business is actually functioning very well. Thank you. We're going to have to leave it there. Appreciate you coming into the studio. That is the Air New Zealand CEO, Greg Foran.